We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer down at Rexall Place. Game night, the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks, the hottest team in the NHL. Again, the numbers impressive. 9-1-1 and last 11 games. Uh, they're 14-1-1 and in their last 16 here at Rexall Place. That stat deserves an ouch. And they're 16-4-2. That's right, 16-4-2 since Christmas. So they got their game rolling. Do want to mention uh, the man you just heard laughing. That was Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for the fine folks at HRA, Horse Racing Alberta. 7,000 horses, 7,000 employed. Want to mention some guests and orders now. Receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Spec, how you doing? Oh, pretty fair, Bobby. How was your Valentine's Day slash uh, family day? Very well. Nice family weekend. Yeah. Yeah, all those manly things like painting the bedroom and... Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, the stuff you really like doing on a weekend off. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to go to the... Sit around the rugby club and drink beer. I didn't feel like playing indoor golf. None of that. I wanted to paint a bedroom, man. Yeah. <laughs> See, we outsource stuff like that in the Stoffer household. Uh, anyhow, uh, the Anaheim Ducks are here. Uh, well, there's lots to talk. Actually, there's lots of different things to talk about on the weekend. We'll get order specific here. We're two weeks away from the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two organizations right now that clearly, I mean, we have to be realistic with where the Edmonton orders are at. Uh, I don't think they've necessarily, quote unquote, cashed in their chips, but I do think that Peter Shirelli is looking to potentially, uh, you know, Maybe get a couple assets uh, back for an expiring contract, and yes. and really Justin Schultz's contract has become an expiring contract as well. Yep, I don't think Justin's necessarily uh, enthused as to how this has all gone here this year, and he would be the first to admit that he needs to look in the mirror to assess why it's gone here mm-hmm. the way it has. So that's the owner's perspective, and then they have the Ducks; they're just on fire. They're sixteen four and two since Christmas time, nine one and one. I mean. Looked yesterday like they might lose that game in Calgary at the end of one, and they you know storm back and grab hold of it. So, um, yeah, they can beat you both ways right now. That's what kind of scares you. They're trying to beat you two one. That's which I, I mean, remember they came here before and they were struggling, struggling last just time before, they were here. Yeah, just before. Didn't they win one nothing? New Year's Eve one nothing. Yeah, it was as dull as you could imagine. Oh, yeah, they outshot the orders two to one in that game. Yeah, but they want to play that. They were like they were playing to beat you one nothing, empty net yep. goal, maybe two nothing. That's how they want to play. And when I look at that lineup as a hockey fan, I think what a waste. But then you watch them play Calgary. They get down a couple goals and they go, okay, well we're not going to check to win tonight. Yep. So let's score to win tonight. And they come out with six goals and they beat the heck out of Calgary. All right. So they make the trade for David Perron where they dump Carl Hagelin. This is like, and I want you to know the spec. Uh, I have a lot of, I haven't always liked some of the things that have happened between Edmonton and Anaheim over the years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I don't think you know the orders were always the bad guy in every scenario. But well. Fair. I do have a healthy respect for that organization's ability to assess talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't think that the Oilers should have taken that Comrie for uh, Corey Perry trade a few years back? <laughs> what was how'd you assess that one, Bobby? <laughs> I, I think your laughter says it all on that. By the way, it included a number one as well. Bro. Whatever. Okay, which turned out to be a lot of Slav Schmid. Yeah. Uh, but you take a look at the Ducks, and they seem to be able to find players at different places in the draft. Uh, 
Oh, they're good. You know, this is this is, but they they, they make the deal for David Perron. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he was he didn't play great in Pittsburgh. Wasn't a great fit for him in Pittsburgh. And no, nor was Hagelin as they thought he would be in Anaheim. They brought in Hagelin because they wanted some more speed off the wing. And yeah, he didn't work, so but they he, moved him. Yeah, but they got out of four years of Carl Hagelin I and know. took back an expiring contract in David Perron that's going to open up the window to have some more flexibility carrying forward. Yep. And you just threw a one out me right away. You said you see the Anaheim Ducks potentially targeting who? Uh, I think they need another someone to bury some pucks up front. That's really their only hole in their game. Right. Let's face it. They're not changing out their goalies. They have some goaltending here in Gibson and Addison. The defense is really, really good and you got really, two, really young. And two excellent prospects coming. Yeah. Oh, man. They're so loaded on the back end. Uh, they split up uh, Getzlaff and Perry. They're playing yep. a little bit more defensive game, but they need some punch. They need a little bit of uh, offensive punch. So I think they're, frankly, the guy, the one guy in the National Hockey League that I think that they would want more than anyone else be Andrew Ladd. Yeah. Well, uh, where did Andrew Ladd play his junior hockey? Uh, where is he? Somewhere in, he's a BC kid. Where did he play his junior hockey? Cal- I don't even know. Calgary Hitman. Calgary, that's right. The Hitman. Yeah, that's right. Who else played his junior hockey for Calgary? Oh, yeah. Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. So, that was a long time ago. Yeah, though. it is. But you know what? Uh, he's said- a good player. The other thing about him is Chicago wants him. So if I'm Anaheim and I get him, wow. that's a double whammy. I mean, Chris Stewart, they, they brought him in on a one-year flyer, and yeah. he got buckled by uh, Dalton Prout the other night, broke his jaw in that fight, mm-hmm. so he's going to be out a while. Uh, Prout's tough, eh? He is tough. He is he, tough. He's big-time tough. <laughs> and uh, Oilers had him for two training camps in a row here. He played in two Golden Bear rookie games for the Edmonton Oilers yep. uh, before Scott Housen went and uh, drafted him as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think, when he was a 20-year-old. Uh, so... He's out. They've recalled Nick Ritchie, who's a power forward of the future. He's really raw. He's probably not quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. Ritchie, by the way, down in the minors this year has 28 points in uh, 33 games, including 15 goals. He's six foot four and 230 pounds. He's a big kid, but like I mentioned, he's raw. I'm just looking at this. I mean, they have Getzlaff with Perron and Santarelli. If they were to get Ladd, they could play Ladd with Raquel. And Perry, it's, and then keep that third line together where they got Kessler at center with a 58% face-off percentage yep. with uh, Silverberg, who was so good with Kessler last year in the yeah. playoffs. playoffs. And then Andrew Cogliano on the wing. Boy, Andrew Cogliano's turned out to be a pretty effective piece for the Anaheim yeah, Ducks. Yes, Yeah, he figured out, found his game, right? He figured out what he was yep. and said, okay, I'm not a, I was a first-round pick, but I'm not going to be a top-six scoring guy. Do you think that would have happened if he'd stay here? Do you need to get traded to get that realization yeah, sometimes? Yeah, I think you do, because I know that he was being told, at least by one member of the media and Jim Matheson, that this was what he was going to be, and he was not taking any part no, of it. No, 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 no. He's like, I didn't get drafted in the first round. Of right, and every lots of kids are like that. It's not sure. just Cogliano. Cogliano, I told him that story. He remembers it, and he laughs now. He goes, yeah, aren't I smart? Because uh, Maddie had him figured out before Cogs had himself figured out. But the point is... Guys need to go to another team and hear the coaches tell them the same thing, right? Yeah. It, not just guys like Cogliano, but every player who's struggling a little bit, who doesn't really want to listen. And maybe we're maybe Evander Kane has fallen into this group. We were going to talk about that. Yeah, yep. You got to get to the next team, and then the, the other coaches are saying, telling you what to do and how to do it, and you're going, wait a second. That's exactly what my last coach said I'm supposed to do to the, have success. The Ducks are in an interesting spot. They're at uh, $65 million bucks on the cap. they got basically $7.5 million in cap space available. Uh, They're a budget got, team, though. They, they've got uh, next year uh, $52 million. 
uh, with eight forwards, 5D, one goalie. They got two key restricted free agents on the back end, Sammy Vaughn and Hampus Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coming out of entry-level deals pretty much, right? Yeah. And then they got Theodore and Brandon Munter coming up on the farm. And Theodore, I'm going to tell you right now, Theodore would be playing for the Edmonton Oilers. If he oh, was, for sure. He'd be, cause and they he, got a kid named Larson who's eight, he picked uh, yeah, yeah, deep in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, he's another prospect. D-man. Playing in Frolunda in Sweden, the, and he's supposed to be very good. This Munter kid is a bit like Mike Green. That's okay. how he plays. He's got that. He's a converted forward. They got him in the second round of the draft. Playing for Dallas in Anaheim yeah. as we speak. Yeah, in, uh, in San Diego. So they got, oh, sorry, San yeah. Diego, yeah. So they've got some options there. I mean, put it this way. They might be able to get ladders a rental, not re-sign them, and still trade for a top six winger. Well, they have, I mean, in the because league. Of their de- because of their depth on defense. Right. In the league today, what we're finding is the greatest, most valuable trade chip is a Good defenseman. Or a center. Eh, yeah, I'm putting defenseman first, yeah, well. frankly. But you're right. It's a close neck and neck. A good young defenseman, no one trades those guys. Sure. These guys have so many. They have like six under the age of 24 that are exceptionally good or have a ton of prospect in them. So he could peel one of those guys off. And that is a valuable trading chip, yeah. man. You but, get a lot for him. Yeah, you know what's interesting about the Ducks is, is as good a job as they've done, and they've done a good job, they flat-out missed on back-to-back picks and back-to-back years in the first round. Who? Mark Matera and Logan McMillan. Yeah, okay. They, they, neither guy played a single nope, game in the NHL. Guy played. What in years? Back, oh, would have been... Brendan, can you look it up? Was it 0708 or 060? It was... Back, well, I don't think it was 06 because they went to... No, it might have been 06. Uh, you could just spec you were there. Just go by. I got it right here. All right. I'm thinking it was, uh, just go back to Montur. You had Montur there and click on Anaheim draft picks. I got it right here. Okay. So we're going back to, I think it was 07 and 08, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they picked Peter Holland in 09 first, uh, in the first round, 15th overall. In 08, they picked Jake Gardner. No, it was 06, 07 then, back-to-back years. Yeah, in uh, 07, they picked Logan McMillan, who never played a game. Yep. 19th, and the year before, a defenseman named Mark Matera out of University of Michigan who never played a game. And Matera was like, how how high of a pick was he? No, he was 19th. Yeah, so they had a couple of picks there that they just flat-out missed. Now, that's the previous regime. I mean, that's Berkey's era. Yes, but, it is. But still, it's it, it's interesting. And then even you take a look at that 08 draft, there's two defensemen in that 08 draft, one that went in the first round and one that went in the second round, Jake Gardner and Justin Schultz, that have both played over 250 games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Justin Schultz, do you think at this time next week he'll still be in order? Uh, gosh. It, it literally depends how well he plays in the next. What do they have left before the deadline? I think seven games? I'll tell you right now. I think it's got, got seven games before the deadline, so that's 21 periods of hockey. I mean, it literally depends on that. Here's what I – I don't know everything about what's going to happen with Justin Schultz. Here's what I know for sure. He's a backup plan for a lot of GMs out there. He's He's got to be nobody's first plan. No one is going out of their, coming out of their amateur or their pro meetings and going, the guy we need is Justin Schultz. They're saying, these are the couple guys we really want – but Schultz is out there if we have to use him as a backup plan. So that tells me he'll go midday on the 29th. When we come back, uh, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, we will discuss uh, Justin Schultz and Neil Yakupov and some of the challenges along the way and maybe why there's been struggles for the players. Is it all just on the player or has it had to do with something with the amount of turnover that's occurred here at Edmonton? This is Oilers. 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Please put your name to text. Uh, if you're going to text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. Bob, uh, the Oilers will get pounded tonight. Men against boys, prepare to be ragdolled. It's going to be ugly. Well, it, <laughs> this matchup has been ugly, but the Ducks played yesterday. The Oilers are, relatively speaking, well-rested. The Oilers also have Connor McDavid. They've been a different team with him. Brad texts in to say, Bob, don't you think Leon's stats have gone south since RNH's injury because RNH hasn't been playing, uh, and so he can't shelter Leon? That one comes to us from Brad. DB says, if Taylor Hall's only going to score three goals in the past 25 games, he better start playing a solid 200-foot game. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Tofer Allen says, just a question for Speck and his opinion. Are there any other Edmonton media that have overrated uh, some of the Oilers' talent? Just curious from Tofer Allen. Well, there you have it. Maybe he's referring to me. I don't know. Um, You know, we've... What's happened this year for me, Speck, for a couple guys, uh, specifically Neil Yakupov and and Justin Schultz, it's been a pretty frustrating year to to watch what's happened there. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, they started – both players, I think, performed okay for Ralph Kruger. They – during the Dallas Aiken year-and-a-half period, I think it's fair to say both players struggled. Is that fair? Sure. Both players did pull it together, as did the power play when Todd Nelson came in. Then we have the the, the coaching change with, with Todd McClellan. Now, my, i got a theory on this, and I want you to hear me through – Obviously, the results have not been there for either Yakupov once he got moved off of, well, once McDavid went down for injury or for Justin Schultz. I think what happened to, to, to Dallas Akins is he tried to get the team to play a 200-foot game and buy in and didn't necessarily harness the offensive abilities of some of his guys, and he mm-hmm. didn't have full command because you hadn't coached yet at the NHL level, that that ability to transition that message across. Conversely, with this coaching staff of Tom McClellan, they've coached a bunch. They're experienced, mm-hmm. and I think the buy-in's been greater from the, the players. Players are also more mature. and uh, But there's been a couple guys that haven't grasped. Well, one of the things in Edmonton when it comes to you know overrating players, you compare Edmonton to Anaheim. Um, we get Neil Yakupov here at Edmonton. He walks right onto the team. So you think, well, he's first overall. He's in the NHL. He should be pretty good. He looks pretty good. He's immediately going to get overrated. Justin Schultz plays that lottery card. 29 teams in the league are trying to get him. You don't think he's going to be overrated in every city he goes to? Of course he is. Neil, Neil Yakupov was the consensus number one overall pick in his draft That year. guy gets overrated. Find me a number one overall in the in the history of hockey that wasn't overrated. You know, was Alexander Daig overrated? Yeah. Actually, Alexander Daig had a very very productive first sure, 20 games in the NHL. Because yeah. he never turned out to be any good. Doug Wickenheiser was overrated too, you know. I mean, the thing is that, sure, there's some guys. Over- the difference is this. In a team like Anaheim, that young stud, until he is good, you don't see him in Anaheim. So you don't have a chance to overrate him. Because if he's not good, he never gets out of San Diego. He stays in San Diego, right? And he stays, and he stays, and he stays, and then he's gone. Well, that, or, like, he's out, or he's uh, Emerson Edom, who comes up a little but doesn't stay because he's not good enough. The kid here comes up, plays 250 games, and then when they go, well, guess he can't play. <laughs> you know, it's different. Yeah, it's different when you're winning. 
it's different when you're winning. When you're, and why do you win? Because you've got a really good deep team. What happens when you have a really good deep team? Kids who you draft yeah. don't make your team for three years. Well, they took that. I mean, you look at right. Bobby Ryan, second overall pick, right, yeah. in, in the uh, Crosby draft year in 05. And it took him some time to make the jump to the NHL, and he had four straight 30-goal yeah, seasons. Well, did they not win the e- Cup in 07? Even Getzlaff and Perry in 05, 06, you could have easily made the argument should have come up sooner than they did that year mm-hmm. because oh, they were dumb. And, in fact, after Anaheim got eliminated by the Oilers in the 06 playoffs, yep. Getzlaff and Perry went back down to the American to hockey. To play more hockey. To play more hockey. So. Um, yeah. Now, McDavid, we're talking a different – even even Nugent Hopkins, he made 52 points in 62 games. He was amongst hey, the, it's the first over. It's a bit of a curse with the first overall because there's a reason you're picking first overall because yeah. your team's not very good. Well, so it wasn't the kid a cur- walks in every day. Mark, let's not BS each other here. It was not a curse on April 18th when they got McDavid. No, it was a, a hell of a lot of luck. And McDavid's different. He can't be in any of these conversations because he's better than all the other guys. But Yakupov, it is a curse. Yakupov yeah. could have used a ton more seasoning before he got yeah. here, but yeah. he didn't get it. I think there's some extenuating circumstances that have affected and afflicted Neil Yakupov along the way. I mean, you know, it's not just. I do think the amount of turnover of coaching has played a factor here with Neil. It's still 75% on the player. Yeah, you know what? Right? Taylor Hall had just as many coaches and he figured it out. Yeah. Right? Nugent Hopkins had just as many coaches. He's pretty much figured it out. I think Jordan Everly is a pretty good hockey player, you know. Has. And he's had as many coaches and he's figured it out. Has the uh, seven goals in the seven games since we've been back from the All-Star break, does that change the complexion for Jordan Everly? from you? Well, yeah. I think we talked about on this show the minute that he, the McDavid came back and Everly was on his wing, that we were going one of two ways here, right? And we're not going to find out till the 29th what that way is. One what? way is Everly scores a whole bunch of goals. His value goes through the roof. Shirelli trades him while he's at a high value. Two is... You look at Jordan Everly and you go, oh, my God, we got Connor McDavid. How could we ever trade away such a good scorer who plays right wing for him? Play Hall with Drysaddle and play Everly with Maybe McDavid. Maybe Everly either became part of the deadline or part of the future. Well, he's not getting moved. At the, come on. Not the deadline. Probably not. Right. But you know okay. what? I'm here to tell you that I'm not saying Everly. There's, to me, there's a core trade in the future of this team. It is coming. I think it will happen at the draft. Having said that, if there's, just for fun, since Anaheim's in town, if there's one of these good young defensemen available at the deadline, they make that trade then. Why wouldn't you? Well, that's an interesting point. Do want to mention uh, that our Oilers now, Rody, uh, is, uh, I think we just got a couple spots left. It uh, takes place to sunny California for February 24th. You get a chance to see the Oilers play two outstanding games against the Kings and the Ducks, two wonderful cities. The Oilers now package includes five-star hotel accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in L.A., all your transportation, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guest plus parking at Edmonton Airport Value Park. Just a couple seats left for the Oilers now. California road trip. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Those are two tough buildings. Yeah. Now, you're not on the we, – we should ex- explain this. I will be on that trip. They don't let you travel much anymore, do no, they? No, I'm going in for the deadline. I think – is that at the same time? No, no, after? that's – no. Well, you come home on Sunday, you play the Islanders. We play the Islanders the 28th, and we yeah. fly to Buffalo on the 29th, and that's the deadline. I've got to go out on the 28th to Toronto. Okay. And I'll be with you in Buffalo. Well, at thanks the for the game. warning. I mean, that's that really changes things for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know that's got me all jacked up and excited that you're going to be joining us there. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us, OilersNow at 630chad.com. Nobody has it figured out on this team. Check the stats. That one comes to us from uh, uh, Mike. Uh, Adam says, Yak is, in my opinion, useless out there. Not scoring is one thing, but not scoring and floating around is just terrible. He can go. That one comes to us from Adam. Adam, you're going to get some hate because Neil Yakupov has some staunch defenders uh, to the point that even if you uh, uh, so much as suggest he needs to be better, you have some folks that get upset with you. Hey, Bob, could you touch base on the time frame of the cleft bomb injury? We need him back quick. And also, is there a chance we get rid of Purcell? What do you think? I think Purcell might have some uh, appeal out on the market. Yep. As a, a depth guy that can play, yep. a depth winger that can play in your top six or top nine and five good players. Oscar Clefbaum has not begun even skating yet. I the, think his season is in jeopardy at this point. The Edmonton Oilers have won nine of 27 games since he has gone out with injury, and their possession metrics have dropped substantially. <laughs> Off to a 6.30 Chad News weather traffic update. Brendan Ulrich, is it Eileen Bell today, by the way? I, all right. Uh, she is the president of the Steve Young Fan Club the quarterback that uh, played for Brigham Young, not Steve Young, the former member of the Alberta Golden Bears, who was a uh, MLA here in the province <laughs> of Alberta. Uh, more staffer inspector Ryan Smith also coming up on today's edition of Orders Now.